Hi friends, it's Kiss. You're listening to Ergo on WHPK, ergoradio.com. we got a great episode coming up for you here with Emma McKee, the Stitch God of Chicago. Really good conversation. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Just real quick, wanted to give you a heads up. We recorded this over at Ergo Studio C. That's the post Ladness studio, and there was a little issue with their mics. So it's definitely listenable, but it's a little funky. Just wanted to give you the heads up. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Get into it. Here, this Radio. is Ergo on WHPK ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon, and uh, we have a very special guest. I do today. have one community announcement. Oh, man, you are so eager to bring the community. Check this out. Check this out. Announce no. the community. I, I think I think I announced it last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, a new program opportunity for uh, uh, rising eighth, ninth, and tenth grade boys. Uh, if you know anybody who attends Fisk Elementary or High Park Academy, uh, a new program called Man Up, Man Down. Um, it's, a, it's an arts workshop, so it would be, you know, hip-hop-based learning to discuss masculinity, manhood, environment, um, you know, healthy living, even some, like, you know, dietary eating practices. Um, so it's going to be an after-school program a couple days a week, and students will get a $280 stipend at the end of the school year. Um, so you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you can e- no, don't email me. You can, <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter, Dave underscore F. You if you want to yell into a deep abyss, hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> you can hit up let us <laughs> let us breathe seven seven three on Twitter. You can hit up at Ergo Radio, Radio on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit up at Ergo Daniel, and then I'll pass it to him. Which yeah. What about yeah, like yeah, smoke yeah. signals or flags? Man, if you got flags, if you got flags and smoke signals, I'll take that over email. Uh, I almost <laughs> want to give out my phone number, but I feel like that's not smart. You'd rather have a pigeon. Bring the message yes, to your door yes. and have an email. I would rather have to like gather it, catch it, and like figure out <laughs> how to. T- I, I, I'm, I'm rather, a big Game of Thrones. You'd so, so catch let's, an, let's transition. An injured pigeon, nurse it back to health. <laughs> Before we introduce you, feel you free want to a crow to come bring you messages. Yes, the, the ravens thing, that yeah. whole system. Like, yeah. how the hell does that work? Like, <laughs> they, they train fly, them. They fly right, but from Winterfell to King's Landing. Yeah, dude. They probably have to train those guys. But then how do you get it down and it goes into a room? I feel like, what Ravens if the bird smart. dies? Does somebody like find whole, it? All like, of life back then was just grave miscommunication. And they were getting, like, some real messages. <laughs> like, no, you know, we're about they, to kill, dude. They had to send, like, five ravens right? just to make sure they're That's like, okay, true. this one's important. Let's send ten for this one. This one's less important. It's like a baby announcement. We'll yeah. send three. Which actually is the same numbers I used to try to get an email response from Damon. <laughs> so that was perfectly. A couple of the community announcements. Beyond Greyjoy killed all of the ravens that would have failed. And that ended up being his undoing. All yeah. right, we gotta do some episode where you get to just. Oh, just, oh y'all have no idea. Oh, oh, winter is coming. You know nothing. Oh, so you're like, mm. uh, winter is coming. There. In the meantime, you should know about how uh, the taxes and tip system in Chicago works. One way to learn about that is the public newsroom series at Bill Coffee. Um, Tom Tresser's coming. I is? believe so. I'm not sure what all the information is. You can find it on on Facebook. Um, the tips are like. Basically, like how things actually work, how the money moves through the city. How how are they stealing? Is basically, basically yeah. they um, tell you how. Pretty much, pretty they, much. Wow. It's like a good. So there's this public newsroom series at Bill Coffee. Go through. That's Thursday. That's uh, tonight when this airs. 
6 p.m. It's free. Go through, learn about that. So tips, I'm sorry. Yeah. But now that we brought it just for the people, like if you don't know, it's uh, like tax incremental fund or something. Basically, it means like there's these little wards. Well, there's a bunch of them. They just draw a circle and then they say they're going to cap the property tax at whatever level for like 20 years. And that means the other all of the property tax that would be growing, right, then goes to building condos and stuff, right? So it can't be used for, like, other public goods. It can only be used for, like, hardcore development. So the way that you see all of those cranes in the sky, shout out Solange, all the <laughs> cranes in the sky in downtown is because they're literally stealing money that should be going to public education wow. and public services. And they're allocating it specifically for 20 years only to development. So when they say we're broke, the reason why they can claim that is because that money is not available for them to spend on the things that they then say they don't have money is for. That, is that how we got like an erroneous basketball stadium at yeah. DePaul? Ex- yeah, that's exactly. literally, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know that, that all of this stuff is like on a systemic level, like so, so, uh, pardon my French, fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. But up like you don't really know how the structures were, how, yeah. how, how, they how intensely like, right. well, what they built, like the systems they built. At, anyway, Go, go learn more about that. But if, if that you did, was, you got the little bite. If that was interesting to you, you now know where you need to be Thursday at 6 p.m. Also, a couple block party announcements coming up. One, the always amazing Silver Room block parties oh, on the 15th at High Park. Shout out to Eric Williams for sure. Um, and then two weeks after that, I mentioned this last week, um, I'm the producer for the Chicago Poetry Block Party produced in concert with the National Museum of Mexican Art. Uh, the Poetry Foundation, and Crescendo Literary, which is Ergo alums, Eve Ewing, and Nate Marshall. It's going to be on the 29th from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. All kinds of amazing music and poetic performance and community uh, organizations. Everyone from, you know, OCAD to Pilsen Alliance to Kenya to uh, Jasmine Barber's hosting this year. Don't, Sorry, don't, 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 cool. job away. Cool. But it's going to be an amazing event. It's free. It's for all was, the family. I was like subconsciously salty. Yeah, like not even salty. Like, oh, like, but but to hear that I, I I am I am pro Jasmine Barber. <laughs> so in case you were worried about whether you had to keep showing your allegiances to Damon and not come, <laughs> that has been a sway. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so that's uh, July 29th. It's free, two to nine it's a p.m. Divorce. Nineteen between. Shout out to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, these segues are so beautiful, yeah, you yeah, know. Let's so, do so it. Well crafted. <laughs> Speaking of good segues, let's have a terrible segue. I'm really excited to have our guest. <clears throat> she uh, is a brilliant artist and thinker. Uh, just from the first little conversation we had before the mics turned on. Yeah. Just so Super many different smart. things. I'm like, yeah, we, we can go oh, down thanks, some guys. I've been admiring her work from afar I'm, for a long time, and I'm so excited to have Emma McKee here. Bro! Oh. <laughs> um, it's Winter funny, if, if, you had, if you had asked me, I could have brought a drop with me, you know? Oh, wow. You got yeah. a drop on deck? Oh, we, yeah. We've we've been doing that for like 98 episodes. I just think, I just think like drops are so like, I'll, I'll never get tired of like a truly good drop, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have an impact like no other. Well, I was doing a, I was doing like it's an organizing, o- really. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing a like an ox core DJ thing a couple months ago, and I was like, and Andrew Barber was coming after me. Uh, he well, he wasn't coming after like me. I was <laughs> Andrew Barber was out to get me. Like I was running. There can the only walkie. be one. Um, <laughs> No, uh, he was like the next uh, Oxcord act, and I was like, "How can I really just stick it to Barber?" <laughs> I mean, I love him, um, but I was like, "If I if I have a really good set, but then also adding drops, I had a drop that insulted him a little bit, and then I also what did it, say? it was I don't even know. It was just like 
calling out fake shrimp or something. I can't remember. But, but the it was one like a custom. Like, it was a custom drop for. I'm prepared for this. Yeah, I'm prepared to intimidate you with my with my i you know uh, iPad iPod DJ skills, Barbara. Um, no, but I had my my own drop. Uh, it was. Bless me, Stitch God. <laughs> who did it? Did you do it? Was it my friend who has a very deep voice. His, <laughs> his name is Greg. Shout out to Greg. Shout out, Shout Greg. out to Greg. So next, King. next time I'll bring you guys a, a drop. Oh, I appreciate that. You've been bearing gifts. Yeah, Look at that. That's, that's, that's literally gifting is my religion. I don't know if y'all have noticed. <laughs> Before, well, that's, I'm forward to some future gifts. <laughs> we always like to start the show, though. I'm going to even, even before we even get to, like, the jump, like, before we get on the, I want to, like, preface myself. I'm excited about this conversation because there are like few people in like the community that we orbit that we get to have up here that like I don't know right like for real for real Uh, and so but I'm also like fond of their stuff like most people that I don't know is because I either they just started out wasn't really too like hip on it but like I'm fond of your work but also there's like some excitement and some nervousness of like well, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm excited to have you up here, and I'm feeling like we already like have broke the ice. Oh, yeah, we broke the ice. Yeah. Three minutes before this conversation. <laughs> All right, now, now, I'll let you, now I'll let you get to how we do no, it. No, that's with, very nice. With so that being you. said, and for the record, I feel the same way. <laughs> you guys. Uh, we always we, like we to, flatter here. <laughs> we always like to start the show with the question, uh, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world on this day, in this moment, in this season? Oh, wow, that's such a big question to start with. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I will say... That's that, why we fight you first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let us gas you up so that you can give us a good answer. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but you're not. That's yeah, no, but like that's for real. That's, that's we call that, we call that joking on the square. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, it's been like a really crazy year. Um, and I'll tell you like the, the very cliche thing that definitely what you put out into the universe comes back to you. Um, so I, I, I think that I've learned that enough to know that you should try to always be putting good things into the universe and so then it treats you well. Um, and I, that's been like my modus operandi because I, I don't know if anybody uh, listening has too much of a background on, on what I do, but um, I mean, I've actually been out in the Chicago scene for like six years, yeah. just like going to rap shows and stuff because I loved it. Like the first person I ever met really out here was uh, Kevin Koval. How lucky <laughs> is that? Kevin Koval and Eric Williams. Crazy. Oh, oh yeah, um, Eric Williams is like when I say shout out Eric Williams, I really mean that. And he's yeah, a he 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 like low key put me on everything in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and think about all the people over the years he's done that. You know, so we, I, of the, course, the live like, events we've done are at the Silver Room. Think about all the people who just look to him with that, even if they're not super close, like that admiration. That's not like man, this person can give me access, but like this person said, like, but he hey, come with me. He really he really means what he says, and he yeah. does he acts on things. You know what I mean? He. Mm-hmm. He's an active participant in his community, um, but I—it was crazy. I just—I had—I had moved here. I didn't really know anybody. I didn't really have the job that I thought I had. I got kicked out of Canada. It was this whole like dramatic thing, and I had like hadn't talked to anybody. Like I hadn't opened my mouth to say anything to anybody in like three days, and I was just walking mm-hmm. around, just being like, "Oh God, what have I gotten myself into?" Uh, Chicago, cool. And I walked into Silver Room, and it was on Milwaukee. And I hadn't spoken to anybody in like three days. And the, and so I, I talked to Eric Williams and I was like shaking. I was so nervous because I hadn't spoken to anybody in yeah. so long. And he was just like, oh, you should come to this. was Heber Brantley had like a show coming up with just sketches. It was like just sketches on the wall of yeah. Silver Room, which is so crazy. Yeah, I remember that. And, and I remember him being like, you, you should come to this art opening. You should come to Grown Folk Stories. 
And so, like, the first community, I, you know, the first community I really had in Chicago was uh, Grown Folk Stories. Mm-hmm. It took me two and a half years to get up the courage okay. to get up there and talk. I definitely cried when I did. I'm a super emotional person. I can't help myself. You're, you're in good company. Oh, I cry all the time. Whenever I see someone in my jacket, I'm like, oh, my God, they're wearing it. So, <laughs> you know, there's, like, legit videos on the Internet of me crying and seeing my own work on people. It's, like, it's obnoxious. My um, girlfriend and I were crying this weekend because she told me that elephants, uh, when they're being hunted, because it's a maternal, a matriarchal structure, um, instead of running when a hunter's coming, they all encircle the babies and turn their backs on the hunter to protect the babies. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. Oh, oh that's emotional. So that is kind of shout out elephants. Yeah. Shout out to elephants. Anti shout out to hunter, uh, elephant elephant hunters. hunters. Yeah, yeah anti shout that's out to really them. Wack um, yeah. So so <laughs> so yeah. So grown folk stories really did that, and and uh, and I and I. Um, I gave Eric Williams a lot of credit for, you know, giving me a space that I felt comfortable in, which may yeah. sound like a weird thing coming from, you know, pretty s- standard white girl being like, oh, a, face to, a, a place to feel included or whatever. But Eric welcomes all kinds and makes everybody feel like they're uh, like a valued part of whatever community that he's creating. And that's like very, very important. And yeah. one of the first things I ever learned about Chicago. So, so yeah, so to answer your question from five minutes ago, uh, yeah, I mean, um, the world is treating me very well, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's pe- go. yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, people just like look at me and they're like, how did you do that so fast? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Be nice, give presents. <laughs> yeah. No, it's real. And I think that you're, you're talking about something that we haven't really talked about up here because so many of the people we have on um, are from the city, you know? Mm-hmm. We say from Chicago and beyond, like most of the people are not the beyond. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's something that I've hinted at a little bit is the the challenges of figuring out your your space and what you can contribute as a transplant into this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you said it's been six years of really being out here. Um, but let, let, let's go back to those early days. And you talked about sure. some of that, the anxiety maybe or the just the tension or, or the feeling of isolation how was the transition into the city? At what point did you feel like, not this is home, but I have a, a space and I know who I am in this context? It's it's funny. I feel like I never really had like a loss of self. It was like, how does self fit here? Yeah, um, uh, yeah I mean, people ask me all the time if I'm from Chicago. And I, I use a line from a, a, a Chicago rapper from you know, a song from like four years ago. I don't know if anybody knows Benny Nice. Um, and he says, I wasn't born here, but I was formed here. Hmm. That's that's like that's what I tell people. I I moved here and I didn't. And you're just putting people onto Benny Nice. Right. <laughs> Shout out Benny Nice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean there was uh, I I you know like I said I got kicked out of Canada. I didn't really know what to do. In my head conceptually, LA was way too far away. I couldn't move home to Oklahoma, which is where my parents were. Hmm. Uh, New York, I just wasn't up for living in, like, a five-bedroom railroad-style apartment in a bad part of Brooklyn. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just, I didn't want to be that kind of uncomfortable. Like, I had done that in Toronto. I had done the thing where I was really poor and working in a recording studio and eating frozen pizza all the time and getting my lights turned out and all that, and I just didn't want to do it again. Um, so I, so when I got booted out of Canada, I was like, oh, word, my dad used to bring me here. Um, Let's stop. Let's I'm stop. Sorry, we you keep saying that. <laughs> what, what did you do? What, we'll never even get to what I actually do now. Not even what did you do? How did it Oh, this is actually like this is actually some like really crazy days of our lives stuff. So I was um 
I was living in Canada. Oh, I graduated school. I was working in a recording studio. I was hanging out with all of the King of the Dot guys. Do you know? Do you know the like battle rappers, King of the Dot? Oh, it's yeah, Canada's yeah, yeah, answer yeah, yeah, to grind yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drake used to hang out there like first yeah, yeah. before Drake popped off. Drake was like hanging out with the King of the Dot guys. It was very funny. Um, he would be the kid who gets picked on in the battle rapper group. He never battled. He wasn't a battle. He, yeah, dude, yeah, he yeah, did yeah, not yeah, put himself. He didn't. Oh, he came. Yeah, he came around all the time. Yeah. I mean, him, him and I are the same age, and I and. Canada's not that big of a place. Like, Toronto's like the New York, and he was... Oh, yeah, I mean, and back then, the hip-hop community in Toronto, pre-Drake, was mostly uh, island music. It was a lot of uh, Caribbean dudes. Shout-out to Cardi Official. Shout-out Cardi. Cardi, Cardi, we like to party. I love that shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. You got beef with the FCC in my kind of program. Um, uh, (laughs) But pre-Toronto rap scene, you know, pre-Drake, Toronto rap scene was a very strange place because there's no there's no money to be made in that industry, right. none. Like if you were any good at almost anything, they call it the brain drain. If you're good at almost anything in Canada, you'd go to the U.S. Um, and, and that includes rappers, and that includes Drake. First, I mean, he went and hung, he did the thing with uh, little brother before right. anything right. else. Like he was popping in the states before he was popping in Canada because we all knew Aubrey is. Right. I always Aubrey. assumed that was the case. Yeah, it was. It's so nice to have confirmation. It's, it was totally the case. To like, the we reverse. were sleep on Drake. We were sleep on Drake for the longest time. Like, nobody's ever called the six before he did that. Thank like, God. nobody's ever. That'd be like calling Chicago the two. Like, it doesn't, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> like, yo. But like, he, already yeah. but, like, shout out Drake. He revolutionized that whole industry. But before that, the industry was, like, a little bit funny. So I was, so I was up there and... Um, but the one thing they did really have, they had great battle rappers. Like their battle, Canadian battle rappers are amazing. First, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why it might be, you know, Maybe because access to education and healthcare and general safety yeah. and well-being. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and then if there's not a community, but I think feel like battle rappers are very, it's a very isolated craft. Right? You would think so, to come but up like, with like, but like they all strive to be better, so they're always like practicing right. and like yeah. it, it was. And anyway, it doesn't need infrastructure. Right? No, no, you don't even need studio time to be a good battle. Well, rapper. that's well, you don't. Uh, that's like the antithesis of being a battle rapper is studio time. Like right. you don't find that many battle rappers that actually transition well to being like studio artists. It doesn't really happen all that right. often, but they're so good at what they do. Right. I would turn on Wild Now with Chance on it the other day, and like some dude that I knew from King of the Dot back in the day was on there, and I was like, "What is he doing there?" <laughs> That's um, uh, yeah, so I was so I was doing all that. I was working in a studio. Um, I was like head over heels for some dude who. Uh, he was working in the studio also. He was a brew, brew. Yeah, I know. He was a bass player and a recording engineer, so like double never talking. <laughs> it's like the, the two least talkative yeah. jobs in all of music. The opposite a bass, of a battle rapper. Yeah, the opposite of a battle rapper. Bass player and the studio engineer. Like, I don't even know how that worked. Anyway, but I had gone out. I had, I had driven home for Christmas, I think. And I was working on a specialty visa. It's a, it's a HRC one. I can't even remember what it is. It's a harder visa to get. But... It makes the path to citizenship easy. And I was convinced I was going to stay in Canada for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was applying for this visa, and you have to have someone sponsor you. And the woman who was sponsoring me... Was a battle rapper. In the- no, not a battle rapper. She was 10 years older than me, and my boss's wife, so they owned the, the studio together. Turns out she also had a had a thing for young man. Dude, my dude. And oh. uh, so she rescinded all the paperwork, which I found out at the border. I was like, here's my visa processing number. Like, this is in... Whoa, this is a really big yeah. anti-shout-out. Right? Anti-shout-out anti her. her. Um, uh, and so she decided that while I was, like, at home for Like, just Christmas, on some creepy horror flick stuff? Like, on, I like on him, some, I'm, I'm going to seduce your, your... Yeah, kind of. Like, I found out I had been working for two months illegally. I had to, like, show them all my bank accounts at the border. I was, like, begging, crying. Like, my whole life is in Toronto. I don't know. 
They almost didn't let me into the country. So they're like, you have X amount of time to get all your stuff and leave. Um, so I went into the studio and I got back, took all my shit. Like, cause I had keys and everything. I took all my shit and I was like, all right. Guess I guess Damn. I better pack up my shit and did get out. Did y'all like <coughs> no. each other? Mm-mm, mm-mm. She tried to add me on Facebook a couple like a year ago, and <laughs> wow. I was like, "Bold move." That's like the wackest shit I've ever. And heard they were still ever. together too. They're like, she had like left her husband. Like, oh with this no, dude. Oh. no, it, it it happened. It worked. It, it went to it went Pro- to like shout oh, out anti shout out him too. Anti shout out. Well, yeah, anti shout out the whole situation, but like actually shout out all of them because if that hadn't I happened, know. I wouldn't be here. True. And moving to Chicago was it's weird the, how that works. But like that, I'm I'm a huge believer in that yeah. things happen the way that they're supposed to. That's such good personal myth making. And I say that not in like a takeaway part, but yeah. like that's what we do, right? And that's it's kind of what happens up here, especially when it's someone who we don't know that well. Is like you create especially you say you've done podcasts before, so like people have asked you the trajectory. Are there pieces of like the story or the myth or whatever that you uh like conveniently leave change out? a little bit or, yeah, or leave yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably a lot of the, like, me being really lonely and wandering around by myself. That's not any fun for anybody to mm. hear, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, but... that can be valuable, I, I imagine. But there was a lot, lot of, there of was that. a lot of that. Like, I don't really talk about how little I like Chicago when I got here. When mm. I got here, I was just like, man... <sighs> um, well, and then I just started reading about it. That was, like, my answer mm. to that, is I, I read all these books that I could find about Chicago, including, uh, but not limited to, Nelson Algren's Chicago City on the Make, which is one of the best mm-hmm. books of all time. Mm-hmm. It's my go-to present for someone who has moved here or someone who's working on something creatively here that, like, it's a book that I go to that I can open any page that I find inspiration from. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with Kevin Cobalt's new book. That's kind of my... It used to be City on the Make that I gave everybody, and now I give everybody Kevin Cobalt's new book. Um, we'll put the Nelson Algren book on the uh, Ergo reading list, which is on the website. So That's, if, for those of you listening who haven't heard about that, on the site we have, like, a, a bookshelf with all the books that get shouted out on the show and mentioned, and you can definitely... Uh, go through and find that there, and I'll definitely add that for sure. Well, approximately like, how many books would you say would be on there at this point? They're like, well, I missed some of them. They're yeah, like yeah. 20, 25 books on there right now. Oh, that's, that's quality. Which is pretty cool. And there, it's some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, so there's a, there's a line that really uh, appealed to me. It was, uh, once you become a part of this particular patch, you'll never love another. Like, loving a woman with a broken nose, you may well find lovelier lovelies, but you will never find a lovely so real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just started reading about Chicago so that I could understand it a little bit. That was, like, my answer to being intimidated and not understanding it. Uh, and everybody had told me that Chicago and Toronto are so alike, which they're not. Uh, <laughs> straight up, that. they're you not. I hear that. that like, every other day when I'm like, oh, I'm from Toronto, and people are like, oh, they're so alike. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What are people trying to say? Well, the cities, the cities look similar. Like, the neighborhoods look similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about where it ends, okay. I'd say. Um, uh, so, I, so I had a really hard time. Toronto's more of a global city, yeah. too. Uh, it's, the most, it's the most diverse city in North America. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Chicago's segregated like a TV dinner. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's a great phrase. <laughs> uh, but it's the truth. So, yeah. uh, and, and also, Chicago's so much bigger. Uh, and the neighborhoods are so much more neighborhoody. Yeah. Um, in Toronto, you can float around and get a lot of things all at once. In Chicago, you can't do that as easily. Go piece by piece. And you're talking, but you're talking about learning this, like one through studying it, learning to love it, and from learning how other people have loved it, trying to learn to love it that way. Which that definitely rings true for me. Oh yeah. As as someone else who kind of has gone through uh, that process, and I, and I know you mentioned just before we turn the mics on, like the the. the studiousness or the curi- the like intellectual curiosity um you're reading hell books yeah yeah well i mean your reading list is longer than ours well that's like i always um it, it, it comes from me being like a fairly uh 
immovable person in, in my personality and in my convictions. Like, and knowing that I am, I mean, I'm quick to call things as I see them. Um, and so what helps me reshape my perspective on things is to understand more about them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. if I know, if I, I got here and I was like, oh, don't like this, feel weird, don't know anybody, like this sucks, I'm, it's summer, all my friends are having a great time in Toronto, like this, I hate this. I was like, well, that doesn't do me any good. I'm here now. I have to rethink about how I um, internalize the city and how I see it and how I interact with it. And the only way I know how to do that is to understand more about it. Mm-hmm. And since uh, I know it may not seem that I'm totally an introvert, <laughs> um, I talk a lot to cover that up. The uh, shout, de- shout out defense mechanism. That was very, 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 wow, that's very, very, yeah. But that's the truth. Um, and so, and so I, I seek to... Um, find a place by better understanding the things that I'm around. And so that's how I approach it. So, yeah, so I don't talk a whole lot about how, how little I like Chicago at first um, and how daunting a prospect it seemed to be here. Mm. Um, but then, you know, you find people like Eric Williams who leads you to people like Kevin Koval who leads you to weird poetry events and cafeterias in Pilsen where Chance the Rapper is doing, you know, 10 days of spoken word poem, mm. parts of 10 days of spoken word poem, and that leads you to everything else, kind of. I mean, and... Look. You're talking about <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you. I, that's still my. I, I love that, that song. song. Is so um, that's whenever I feel like I need to just like oh, I play that song. That and like uh, I get money. Those are my two. <laughs> the Fifty Cent right? Hell yeah! When I when I'm at my day job yeah, and I'm really like this sucks. <laughs> Everybody's talking to me like I'm an idiot. And they don't even know. Oh, Let me know. listen to I Get Money yeah. ten times. It's literally the most played song in my iTunes. <laughs> what's the secrets? Day, what's the day job? Uh, oh, um, my, we'll talk about the other thing. Yeah, too. true. True. Uh, well, let's get all of the context. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what um, we do here. It's about the human. Um, yeah, it's a, a lot of people think that my that the stitching is full time, which is flattering, um, and it means that I've been getting a lot faster at it. But also, I don't sell anything, so like, uh, <laughs> someone's got to pay the bills. So only the day was like, I just imagine you were just like walking around with huge bags of money behind you. I'm like, no, it's not like that. Um, I work at, uh, I, I do all the well, not all. of I do a large portion of uh, the live ticket sales for Groupon. Oh, I worked there for six years. How I that job is? You want to talk about myths? You want to talk about how crazy it is that I? They've never seen a resume from me, <laughs> not once. I I was like I the job that I was supposed to have in Chicago fell through. What I went, was that? If you don't, you I, don't oh have yeah, to no, it's totally fine. I was going to do reception for some like touring company downtown, but I'd just mm. been applying from Toronto, yeah. and I'd been working in a recording studio, so like. Yeah. I didn't really know. I was just like, I just need but money. Tour about a place I've never. Heard yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm not equipped for that yet. Yeah. So I was just applying. I applied for like 150 jobs. I finally got one that was like a receptionist at some touring company downtown. I've spent all the last of my money on like grown-up clothing from the Gap because I've been working in a you know making rap records. So I bought myself like a pencil skirt. I was horrified. <laughs> I had to play full price for it. I was so broke. Oh, um, and I just looked at it and I was like, ugh. And I had like a little silk, you know, shirt with a little bow and everything. And so I went down to this first day of work and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we fired the HR person a week ago. We have no, we have no record of a contract for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I've been like booted out of Canada. I didn't know anybody. I lived seven miles north of the city. I lived across the street from that big cemetery at Western Foster. Okay. Yeah, I'd literally like go walk. I had no friends. I'd like go walk around there and be like, this sucks. That's probably why I didn't like Chicago. <laughs> Walking around cemeteries alone. Oh, my friend. <laughs> no, it was literally like 
All my friends, yeah, true. Uh, it was literally walking around a cemetery and like teaching myself how to skateboard, which is not cute if you're Man, a certain teaching age. yourself how to skateboard has age 12. It's, it's not cute. It's really embarrassing. I tried Especially if like you're a like a summer. female. Oh, yeah. Like, unless you're, yeah. No, and everybody was, I didn't know this until I moved out. Everybody, all my neighbors were like watching me in the Jiffy Lube parking lot <laughs> fight it. Right. And so when I finally moved out, one brave guy came out and he's like, it was really hard to watch you take all the balls. <laughs> yeah. And I was I like, true. And I couldn't There was one summer I had a vision of like, for years I was like, you know what? I want to be a cool dude who like skateboard two places. Like not I for tricks. You. Right, but just like show <laughs> two up. Two places. Yeah, yeah, just like for like, Light transportation. It's the so only I pre- way you can. It's the only transportation you can fit in your backpack. Yeah, yeah. and I had like a forty-hour week summer. Job. It was like four or five times I went in my dad's parking lot, the apartment he was living at the time, and just was like trying it, and I was just busting. It was n- yeah, it was <laughs> not cute. Was like, oh man, I am so far from the cool that I'm trying to. Get yeah, to <laughs> just like I, I just have to give up. That was like that was like the whole summer for me though. So I so I went into this job, and they told me this, and I was like, oh well, okay then, and then I accidentally got on the green line going someplace that I, I just had no idea where I was. I ended up, I don't even know where I was. It was that whole day was such a weird day. Um, uh, so then I went to a, what are they called? What, uh, it's, uh, those companies that put you places. Oh, like a temp agency? Yeah, yeah. So my bad. I went to a temp agency. We were fucking out of there. Yeah, you, that was good. Um, and I went in and I like failed all of their aptitude tests. What? <laughs> well, no, because they're all like computer program stuff, right? And like, I was like, it was like Excel. I was like, I, I don't know, man. I did an English degree and then I worked in this like recording. I don't know. And they do not have a cross-stitch aptitude No, there's no cross-stitch. And I wasn't even cross-stitching back then. Um, and so I, so the guy was like. CSAT. Yeah, the guy was like, you're clearly smart. You should retake these tests at home, wink, wink. And I was like, all right, bet. So let me go cheat on all the tests. <laughs> Get my aptitude on all of this way up and he, he he was like we'll go into Groupon they need people to do data entry and I was like cool okay and being a like a shy recluse kind of I just stood away from everybody else because I was like I don't, know, I don't know what any of this is and I was standing away from this big group of people and I got pulled into a meeting with all these VPs that had just come they, they just bought this German company all these VPs were in from Germany it was the first day they were coming to like redo the sales org they pulled me into this meeting I was like what the hell's going on and the guy was like, and please welcome our newest city analyst. Uh, and if the data is not good enough, we will choke you. And I was like, who, who are the, am I? Okay. All right. So I had this job doing financial reporting to these VPs. They had never seen a resume from me. I literally got my timesheet signed by a 19-year-old intern. They had no idea. They sent out an email that was like, this is Emma and she'll be doing X, Y, Z. The job didn't exist in North America. Like, it was not, this is, this is no joke. And so I was doing that for like six months and I was like, oh God, oh my God, oh my God. Someone's going to figure out that I, this is not the wave. Um, she doesn't even go here. Yeah, she doesn't even go here. I just have a lot of emotions. You just, um, you just snuck it to a meeting. It's amazing how many people, you, first of all, you know that Seinfeld episode? No, or, no. So George gets, are you a Seinfeld fan? Are you like the only other person on earth who doesn't know Seinfeld? No, he loves Seinfeld. I, 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 don't, curb. I don't love, I have appreciation for Seinfeld. I'm not, you. I'm not like, you're not deep in the game. Deep in it. We didn't like have it, we didn't have like a TV around when I, I mean like, Pastor kid, right? We didn't have like a TV around really when that stuff was really popular, so I, it was never like in my blood. Meanwhile, yeah, I think my, I parent, my parents brought me home from my kindergarten science fair early so that we could watch the finale. Oh. I, I think I inherited the like Martin Seinfeld divide that I didn't realize existed until like twenty years. That's ago. a real. They, that's a they real they thing. On. I learned it like watching like I love the nineties that there was like <laughs> I guess they were on at the same time. Yeah. And like there's been this like cultural competition. Wow. Very like, interesting. Yeah. We got to do a, a full. Feature so it was kind of like corny to me. Like I didn't get it right. until like I was probably like I was like oh, okay. I, 
until I started watching Curb. I feel like I feel like I know too much about Seinfeld in like retrospect to be able to enjoy it now. Like I've heard too many things and jokes. Like I know all about the ruffly blouse or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. Is. puffy shirt. The puffy shirt. Maybe yeah. in Canada. I'm like the, the soup blouse. Nazi. Like I know all about <laughs> the stuff, but I've like never watched an episode. So uh, real quick, the episode I was referring to, George gets fired and he doesn't want to be fired, so he just goes in on Monday as if nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that's the real thing about startup. Start because right. I was there before we went before Groupon went public, and like you could have just gone and sat down at a desk there, and they would have assumed that you worked there. Like that's what it is. Not anymore, but that's what it was. Just pull some stock options out the dispenser yeah. and go about your day. Absolutely. Um, and so I worked there for six months doing something that I was definitely not qualified to do. And Were you making anything at the time? What do you like? Well, no, nothing. Line? I was just like being miserable. I once I got drunk by myself and got like the Chicago Stars tattooed on my neck. That was. Like a thing. Is it still there? Yeah. Oh, is it still there? Yeah, it's right there. You see? Okay. Oh, wow. I rest yeah. the Yeah. Um, for, those of, here. for those of you listening at home, They're I real. can confirm. <laughs> yes, it um, well, it was kind of like a thing where I was like, well, if I'm really going to do it, I really got to do it. Like, I just got to, like, you know, uh, pull my thumb out and just do the thing. Like, they're, I'm here. And what was it for you? Like, just you getting, a, get, like, having a, a life and not being, you know, miserable all the time. Yeah. Um, not feeling lonely, not feeling alienated. That, that was, like, the thing, you know, I just had to get up and, and do it. Because, uh, you know, no one's going to do that kind of thing for you. It just, that doesn't happen. You just, if you're new somewhere at a certain age also, you just got to go do the thing. Show up a whole bunch of times. That's the whole, that's literally the secret. I went to, like, Sorry. no, I went to, like, all the, you know, there's so many, all, the people who are like moving around the Chicago scene now, the amount of rooms that we've been in, the same amount of rooms before anybody had any kind of idea who I was, mm-hmm. were many. Were yeah. So, so, I mean, I have, if you walk in my house, I have concert posters from almost every show I've ever been to just framed, like that's ceiling to floor when you come in. Oh, that's dope. oh for sure. Come over, man. <laughs> um, no, I'm uh, for, sh- for sure. Uh, <laughs> come to the crib. Um, uh, but people walk in and they're like, you weren't at that. I, or, you know, I, I performed at this show, or you weren't, I was like, yeah, I, was that all of these things? I, I was just, standing in the, on the side holding a cup, not knowing who to say. Low-key at all, yeah. like, the chance shows before I had friends, I would literally go find Ken Bennett, because he was, like, the oldest dude there, and I was like, I feel comfortable with Mr. Bennett, so I'd, like, go find Ken Bennett and just be like, hey. <laughs> He's wearing a suit. This seems relatable. Yeah, no, I was like, all right. But it's so nice. So, like, you know, when I see, when I saw Ken Bennett at Chance's Grammy party, I don't know, he was like, oh. <laughs> you were there? I was there, too. I were you really? That <laughs> oh, man. That, that open bar <laughs> yeah, situation no. oh, was... Yeah. Yeah, by the time should, by the end of the night, like me and Anthony Hamilton would put. No, I, I should, I should, uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee's hand while I had gum in it. That's how fucked up I was. Your gum or his gum? Mine. I missed gum. I didn't even know. I probably got in late. No, I, I mean, I just, I was like, late. oh my god. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh my I, god, you're you. I, I, I try. I don't like talk too much publicly about that because it's like it's, it was kind of like over the top and like you know what it sounds. I mean, it was the craziest thing yeah. ever. But I was just walking by and to that point of like just show up a few times and people kind of just yes. Like, I just walked by, like, me and Ty Dolla Sign, just, like, made eye contact. And I, he just, like, nodded. I nodded back. And he came and, like, shook my hand. And I think he even thought he knew me. Yeah, no. But that's how it goes. That's the thing about, like, the, the power of chance. Like, yeah. if someone sees you even approximate yeah. to, to that man, all of a sudden, like, you're all the way, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. all the way good. Like, all Check the way to mark, the top. Check mark, like, yeah. I feel like there's, you know, verified on Twitter. Yeah. 
verified on Instagram, friends with Chance the Rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's the same kind of... We're cool, we're cool. But no, but you, you yeah. feel me, though. Yeah. Not, not even like friends. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's but the adjacent. Recognition from yes. Chance. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, 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 yeah. Acknowledgement. He definitely acknowledges my It's the same thing. It's like, it's crazy that way. I mean, yeah, that, that party was nuts. It was, it was like Chicago people turning up like Chicago people do. Like, there was no difference in that. Like, and they were like regular Chicago people. Regular. Right, we're just not making them jealous. No, no, no. no. Look, I, I had to fly back two days early. You in LA. I had to fly back for the beginning of the Latin Bible, which I was working as a production person this year. Louder than bombs on my favorite thing. Yeah. Well, you can thank the production in, in part on me, which is why I thank you so this much. Damn, this damn party. But he came back and he's like, yo, I can't even. Like I was I like, grabbed, I, I, I was just so bold. I just got so off the champagne. I I took Snoop Dogg by the elbow and called him Uncle Snoop. You got past this. He had like well, two people. Pro- okay. You were probably the reason why. So I was like, <laughs> no, no, he was I'm like, like secure. I'm like, the time a, I'm like a real contrarian in that way. Like. His manager came in and he's like, no pictures of Snoop, no pictures of Snoop. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a picture Okay, <laughs> all right. And I, had, I had my photographer with me, Katrina, who did all these amazing uh, Polaroids. And I, I had him, you know, there was a couch in between us. And I, like, leaned across the couch and took him by the, you know, this, like, this part of the elf, like, this right here. I was just, you know, really comforting. Like, and I was like, Uncle Snoop. I looked, looked around to see the most important <laughs> Chicagoan I could in this immediate like area, and I was like, "You want a picture with Pat, the manager, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I like grabbed Katrina, and I was like, "Duh!" <laughs> and it exists. There's a picture of Pat, the manager, and Snoop Dogg together. And then I like ran off and shook uh, someone's so hand. You weren't, even in. The, you weren't even in the picture. Of course not. <laughs> that shit was not for me. <laughs> I just wanted to. No, so I didn't. I didn't want a picture with Snoop. That was that would be so. Did I, do you think, think he knew who Pat was? Do I don't Pat, know. Do you think Pat wanted a picture with Snoop? I don't no. Yeah, absolutely. Pat, gonna, Pat, Pat the manager wanted a picture yeah. with Snoop Dogg. I mean, and like Chance just won through Grammy, so like yeah. anybody to do a Chance, I'm sure yeah. Snoop Dogg, that was the party to be at. Yeah. Snoop Dogg took his long legs and like stepped over this settee thing that was in between <laughs> us and like went and took the picture. His manager looked at me like I I shot like a cat out of a cannon. Oh, yeah. I don't they know. Were, they were serious about <laughs> Out of everybody, he seemed like. Two I know. Years. And so that's, I'm, I don't even, I don't drink really. So yeah. like that, if that tells you anything, and I'm an introvert, so like that's how. That went. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, yeah, my about, bad. No, 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 the chance adjacency. Yeah. Um, and I don't... You know, you've told the story and many things about, like... No, but it's the thing that people... It's the thing that, that most peop- the people are the most fascinated by. Right, you and know? so I want to talk... Rather than talking about what it is, I want to talk about that fascination. Um, oh, yeah. One, to what degree are you tired of it? Two, um, I just... I obviously am a fan and love what he does, and I don't want to staff people for open mics, so I'm kind of, you know, the outer perimeter. perimeter. He acknowledges you. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> do you have the check mark? It's a pink one, right? <laughs> Secret Twitter, you don't it's know. Like, it's it's just, just a slash line. Yeah. I'm a little yeah. up <laughs> But, you know, I always worry about, I, I believe that this community is not, Always, it's not just like the people he brings with. Like, of it's so much, not. He, and like, we know this from the inside, but that's not always how it gets told. Well, no, that's because literally every story about anything happening in Chicago that has anything to do with rap music has to have Art, the byline of Chance. I mean, right. you look at any article of me online. Chief is like, whoo, people finally stop. Chief, we're like, yeah. for a long time. For a long time, it was it Chief Keith, and that's the narrative. You know, people yeah. like to have like a narrative. The duality of it. Well, no, it's not even the duality. People like, you know, uh, we're so deep in that scene that, of course, you know, we see how this all plays out. We see all this talent, all these people uh, that don't need to, you know, that would be good on their own without being approximate to, to Chance the Rapper. But Chance is, uh, he's a sensation. He's the most important independent artist of our time. I mean, hands down, he's also something that people recognize. Um, 
I don't ever get tired of the Chance stuff. I don't ever get tired of it. I'm I'm like endlessly uh, thankful that he um, gave me a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of his platform for people to see my work. Like, that's crazy, first yeah. of all. Um, and so I'm just, you know, uh, for however many opportunities Chance will, will, you know, let me have to put jackets on him or whatever on him, I'm, I'm, I'm endlessly grateful. Um, and, and also, you know, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, the, the, the Chance thing, whatever. But rising tides lift all boats. Like, oh, there's a true. reason that there's talent, like... Low-key, there's talent scouts coming out to Chicago trying to find the next big thing because they realize that something's different in the water here. They realize something's different in the water it's because the chance... Land. Well, it's land. I'm, I mean, no, I'm saying... The, yeah, the, the, the land. Oh, You're no, wrong. The lead. Oh, the lead in the water. <laughs> Morbid joke. No, that was no, a good no, enough joke it. that it was worth clarifying. Like, oh, no, I thought you called it the land. No, I was like, true, no, I did say it was in the water. It no, is no, the no, land. No, 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 it's in the land. It's the land in the water. No, but like, but chance brought that chance brought that focus to us. Yeah. Um, the opportunity that so many of us have had to be on bigger platforms is because Chance let it be known that Chicago is a place where it's happening. Mm-hmm. And he did that by, I mean, he moved out to LA for a little bit, but he, he stays here and he stays um, involved in the city and involved in youth programs and, you know, all the good things that he's doing. And all that does for the rest of us is give us a bigger platform to be able to, like, tell our stories and, and make our artwork and things like that. So. If for the rest of time I was only known anecdotally as someone who once gave a denim jacket to Chance the Rapper, I'd be like, cool, bet. <laughs> yeah. That's great. He, he did amazing things. If I can be approximate to that, then I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, so let's get, let's get into the craft of what you do a little bit. Sure. I know we've gone a whole bunch of different directions. <laughs> you know, no, that's the best. one, I, just, I think you're like, just from this conversation, a, a wonderful person to talk yeah. to. But two, like, what you make looks so great. <laughs> like, I don't even have the necessarily the language and the framework to talk about, like, this versus other textile. Cl- like, it's but just the pieces right? that I've seen are remarkable and, like, stand out in a really beautiful way. Thank you. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll do some of the, how you learn the, the craft piece and the process and all that. But That stuff's incredibly boring how it's actually done, right, so, so you know. <laughs> a stitch, and then you cry. Was your stitch. books or YouTube? Uh, no, I just taught, I kind of just taught, like, seriously, yes, it's all, everything I do is trial and error, like, uh, even when people cross-stitch, they don't, the method that I use to cross-stitch, the reason it looks different from everything else is, it's not like a, there's no tutorial for it, it was literally just a series of figuring out, does this work, does this work, does this work, how can I transit it this way, it's just trial and error. That's a good analogy. It's literally like osmosis. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm half British. My mom's British. Her whole entire family cross-stitches. I was around it a ton as a little kid. I was just uninterested. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, when I was 13, I was like, no, let me get this Rough Riders Volume 2 CD and listen, <laughs> listen to it in my headphones. Y'all don't understand me. Um, instead of like trying to do anything like, like, like that, British accent, British. Like, oh, recently hello, British? darling. Oh wow, she's yeah, she's an opera opera. She like <laughs> she sang at Princess Diana's wedding. She's like the what? opera singer. Oh yeah, damn. Yeah, I know. My whole goal, my entire shout life, out to moms. Shout out moms. Uh, <laughs> she, no, she's raw. She's she's a she's a very talented lady. Um, and I always just tell myself growing up, I was like, man, if my stories are half as interesting as my mom's, I'll just I'll be set for life. If only podcasts have been around. She, she could have killed the podcast. We should have her on. <laughs> Lindsay? I'll let her know. No, she's very, so she's like very, very British. Um, and so I, I grew up around all this cross-stitch and literally like I I just wanted to make a piece. I just wanted to do something nice for my mom, honestly, because mm. me and my mom always haven't, you know, haven't always gotten along that well because I'm um, really not good at doing things that don't like doing. Like I, I do <laughs> so kind of what I want. And, um, and she, you know, they're from a different era and, you know, by now I should be 
married and having babies and all these things. And I just was never really super down with that. And, um, and I wanted to find a way to connect with my mom because we were having a tough time. And I was like, how do I do that? Cross stitch is essentially like a gift of time, right? Like anything like that is a gift of time. And so I was like, I I just want to show my mom that, um, uh, I love and respect, you know, I love her. She's the only mom. We may not get along, but she may annoy me sometimes, but I like, I, I love the stuffing out of her. So, um, so I taught myself how to cross stitch for, for Christmas. I love my the mom. idea of a gift of time. It's like, I'm, it, cause it's not, yeah, it's not product based. It's, I have the time. I took the time to craft, to craft this thing for you. Well, that's, that's why it looks different is because yeah. like the shit takes forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks different because like, most people are not taking that much time to, to you know, I mean, it's impractical. Yeah. It's entirely impractical to take that much time to make something for somebody. You talked about gifting earlier, mm-hmm. um, and you said, one, you just don't charge, which we can get into that yeah. in a second. But, you know, the idea of giving things as gifts and what that does to a relationship, whether that's your mom or someone you want to know or you admire their work or, or something like that, how does that fit into how you understand yourself basically like do you use that as a way and I don't mean this in like a negative way yeah. I mean like is that a tool that you have at your disposal to build connections is that how you think about it well though, I mean it's I've, you can ask anybody in, in my entire history like mm-hmm. gifts are my thing I mean I'm a are you I can help I'm like you really learn to cross this. <laughs> no, no, it's not even cross stitching. Like gifts, period. Like thoughtful, whatever. Something somebody looked. That's it's my thing. I, I um, uh, it's just the the being able to figure out what's meaningful to somebody and be able to like reflect themselves in something that you give them is really. I don't even know the right feel. Like to to be able to reach somebody like that and to. And to have them feel good about, you know, something that you did for them is like, a, it's a really powerful thing. And it also lets somebody else know that you take them seriously and you're considerate of, of who they are. Yeah. And that's important. And like, you know, we live in a time where everything is so go, go, go. What's next? What's next? Uh, everything's disposable. We spend too much money on too much shit that we don't need. Um, we don't text people back because we don't feel like we have to. We don't show up at things because we don't feel like we have to. Or if we do, it's a transaction. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and 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 that I think has, you know, we're allowed, we have at our disposal. I've been thinking a lot about this recently. We have at our disposal a lot of people that we know now. I feel like you have your friends, but you know way more people oh, just man. because you're able to connect with them so quickly. And I think that, you, you know, even know people before you meet them. It, 1,000%. And you're like, oh, I know all this about you. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit, okay. And then we all kind of pretend, like, oh, I think I kind of saw that. And it's like, actually, I've, oh, no, I, I noticed. I've been watching you. I never, ever pretend. I'm like, oh, my God, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like at all the time. I'll explain that to people. I had to, the first time I interacted with Mick Jenkins, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm so excited. I'm not sorry, I'm so excitable. I'm just always like this. Like, my bad. I'm really excited about knowing you. So um, I want to talk about that. The, the gifting of something that like you know will be significant to them because there's just one, the the reason I think that I was most excited to have you up here was because I this past weekend was working maybe in the beach maybe on the beach and Sabo was there doing yeah, a set and you did the wall piece, and you did the, right? the wall piece on his jacket and one I just watched oh. him be so um, excited to share that on stage and to hold it up and to have it not just be part of the set but like be like this this presence on the stage right. yeah. that felt you know it didn't feel. Uh, it didn't feel like a like a mausoleum. It felt like a mo- like a memorial. Yeah. It felt like a you know a living thing. Even as as you know, as we're talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps when I when I, when I saw the piece. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, I really like her. Oh, no, that was the right. moment where I was like, oh, this might be something. Yeah, because, like, similar to you, I, I do have this, like, all the people that are, like, kind of in our orbit. I have some that I don't know. I have this admiration of, yeah. just, like, I love Chicago. But also, it is always, like, wrapped up with, like, the skepticism at the yeah. same time. Like, I'm like, oh, man. Uh, when I saw that piece, I was like, oh, wow, she has done something really special. Well, I, I, I mean it. And I yeah. feel like that was that's another reason why I'm, I'm not, like, it's very important to me that people understand why I, why I make pieces for people. Or, or, like, it's important for me to, that people know that I'm, I'm not just doing something, you know, for, for a look. Off, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, if, if that were the case, I'd be pissed. Almost no one posts about my stuff. But, like, that's not why. So, like, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but the wall piece was, oh, my God, the wall piece was so crazy. Because that, that all happened when we were all out in L.A. So you had half of Chicago out, you know, this not half of, but yeah. a percentage of the Chicago we were, we were, rap scene right, yeah, was yeah. out in L.A. Hey, doing we, the we, chance we, thing we and celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have you have the other half of Chicago trying to figure out how to process this whole thing. And I and I had only, I'd only, I mean, I'd encountered John, uh, or, yeah, I'd encountered John a couple times. We'd only ever really sat down and talked. A couple of weeks before that, I was bringing a piece to uh, Joseph. And so Walt and I were sitting and talking about stuff, and he was just, like, the nicest guy. And, yeah. I mean, that's what you, you, the stories you hear about Walt, you know what kind of man he, he, he was. Um, so all this stuff was happening out in L.A. And Saba, everybody thinks that Chance is my favorite rapper. I love, I love Chance, but my favorite rappers are Saba, Mick Jenkins, and, um, oh, shoot, that's going to really bother me. Saba, Mick Jenkins, and... <laughs> That's gonna be. That's terrible. I'll I think of it. Say. There's always a third. There's. I. But that's. That's terrible. Um. But uh. Sab- who could it be? Could it be? Smino, no name. No. Not a Chicago person. No, it's. Oh. Just checking. It's a Chicago person. I just. I always have my three. I go to. But uh. But yeah, Saba's my favorite. Saba's no. Saba's Saba's my favorite rapper. Like favorite rapper, and I've and I've known Saba for. Check him out. We had Saba on. What uh? What episode was Saba? I already looked. I was like, oh, you had Saba. I'm cool then. I'll go do this. Um. But, like, I, I didn't even realize how young Saab was. I just, uh, I, like, would crazy go up to him every time I saw him and be like, oh, my God, you're my favorite rapper. I just like you so much. So I made him a piece, like, two years ago, I guess, one of the first pieces I ever made, because I heard that he, I couldn't figure, I could not, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what to make him. And it pained me a great deal, because I could come up with all these ideas for people that weren't Saba, but Saba was so meaningful to me, and I really, I was like, oh, but my creative process doesn't work like that. The idea pops in my head fully formed or it doesn't happen. Like, there's no... There's no, there's no in between. No, there's no, like, oh, well, I have this idea. It's literally there or it's not. And you have to know before you start stitching. Yeah, what you're <laughs> yeah because there's no freehanding. It's, it's, it's all good planning. So I had made this piece for Saba. It was a Bone Thugs and Harmony um, piece because it's crazy. If you go listen to... His first record, he sounds like all of the bone. Yeah, he has like he, different parts where he, he sounds like a bone. How much he loves them too. Yeah. Like they were the people for him. Yeah, yeah. So I found out that he loved them, and I was like, "All right, bet I'm gonna make this comfort zone Bone Thugs and Harmony crossover." So it's Bone Thugs and Harmony across this like nebula star thing, and it has a little planet in the corner. It's a little green planet. It says Comfort Zone. Wow. Um, very cool. But his grandma put it in the wash. Oh. <laughs> Which I'm not even salty. I'm not even salty about. Still, shout out to Grammy. Yeah. Shout out Grammy. But like, if any piece had to go, I mean, some pieces have gone. Some pieces have come back. Some pieces have gone. If any piece had to go that way, you know what? I'm happy as happy as a clam to stop his grandma trying to put it in the wash. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I wish I had a picture of him in it, but it's cool. So I, so forever, I was like, Sabo, what do I make you? And I was gathering like little facts about things he likes, like his his favorite basketball player. Who is it? He plays on 
plays in the Orlando Magic, number Tracy McGrady. Um, Tracy McGrady is his favorite basketball player. But I was gathering all these like little facts about Saba, like trying to put it together, just being like, ugh. And then this, and then we were out in LA, and this horrible, horrible thing happened, and I was like, oh my god. But that's that's it, though. Mm-hmm. And I and I felt kind of. At first, I felt a little bit weird about about that, um, just because I, you know, I'd only met Walt a couple times, and I was like, man, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to feel any kind of way, less, let alone Pivot Gang, because I love Pivot, like I always have, um, and so I started making it, and and uh, and I, I had this weird moment where I was like, all right, whoever's up there, it's certainly not Walt. He's out on West Side, like with the Pivot Gang, like he's not anywhere around me. But one of y'all up there definitely knows him or has run into him. So like, someone just let him know. That I'm stitching his face right now, so like it's not so like a weird thing. Weird, yeah. I was like, someone just tell him that like, this is going on. I also don't want Walt. To be yeah, no, I also wouldn't want Walt to feel weird. And yeah. and um and I was like, you know, and we had talked about doing something for him. Um, because I eventually I want to do a, all pivot. I want all pivot mm-hmm. to have my stuff. Um, and we had talked about it, and I was like, you know, someone let him know that I'm sorry I never got around to it, but this is what we're doing. And then the craziest thing after that, uh, everybody who came in in contact with the jacket, this was so strange put their hand on the same place on it, like full palm, and it's never happened, full palm all the way on the stitching, like in this certain part of his face. It happened like six or seven times. It only went like two places before it got to Sabi even. Mm. There are pictures of people doing that, just like it's really, really crazy and random. So it almost felt to me like people were putting their protection on on Sab. Because like, what do you do? You're about to go on your first, your mm. biggest tour to date, and two weeks before this this thing happens, you know, what do you do with that? Uh, how do you even, how do you even do that? I don't even begin to know. Yeah, much love to, to pivot. Yeah, and, and it's something that that breaks my heart because, like, I, I I had said it like before he passed. And I'm glad that I at least internally recognized. And I always showed him love, mm. but he was kind of like of the people that aren't like my like people that like I see him and have a yeah. long term relationship. He was like one of the kindest to me, um, and it to 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 echo your idea of like you want to do all just the love we have for those guys. Um, around that time, we were we were and talked with them of like doing a joint. Episode around, oh, yeah. the, around this table, right? Yeah, and I had been talking to Walt since Jump of like also doing his own, mm. and so we never got around. It would always be like back and forth because we always are disorganized about getting folks up here. And, and they so have a lot going on. Yeah, you yeah. know. So uh, I, you know, I don't even know how to transition. Out. No, 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 no. But like, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful way to. But it's, through, it's such a yeah. different way to represent someone, right? It's just like it feels almost like a like an expressionist painting. You know, it's you're not creating a. a it's not a picture of him. It's something else, right? Yeah. Well, that's the that's the whole crazy thing about it is because it's all handwork, right? And it, they take so friggin' long. Approximately um, like. Well, the John Wall piece, we did it in a week and a half, mm. um, and it was like all leather lettering that had to get cut out, and the design, it was crazy. It was crazy. I I got it to Saba. I got it to Saba at like one a.m. His flight was at 6 a.m. Mm. <laughs> I <had> time. <laughs> yeah, I literally finished in a photo studio. So you get pictures of it before it went on the road. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and Sav even said to me, he's like, isn't it funny? Uh, you were trying to figure out what to do for me this whole time. And, you know, this was a thing that, you know, was was needed and didn't really, you know, he didn't really know it was needed. And so I think that it was the first time that the, something I had made, maybe the second, had made me feel like it was important, like really important to the person getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of changed the way I thought about it too. I mean, I made a piece for Aaron Allen Kane uh, that was based on Prince and we went up to Minneapolis and met her the first time she was back in Minneapolis after Prince died and they had had, you know, a close yeah. relationship and 
getting to see how that impacted somebody, seeing something that's like so much just for that person, um, and like protection almost. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like invisible armor that you, know, well, yeah. you can, that you can give to someone as a gift. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks, man. On some Game of Thrones type shit. I'm, well, no, I mean, truly, truly, it is, you know, we, we, that's, that's the thing. I think people don't really know what to do with it either because, I mean, I guess it's clothing. It's like a, it's not a clothing line, It's but it's, it's art, I guess, also. Yeah. But we think of art as being so untouchable. Yeah. Art as being something that you just look at and that you don't really interact with that way, but... Uh, this is like truly, truly interactive art. Like people are like, oh, do I wear it? I'm like, do whatever you want with it. It's yours. Yeah, it's human. I mean, it's human. It's, it's a living memorial. It's well, yeah. It's a th- it's for you. It's it's yours. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people are used to just, <clears throat> you know, having that available to them. And you know, it's uh, it's yeah. living. It's it's like living art, I guess. Yeah. What a cool um, way to shift. The, was that a really nice transition? Where are we going? Oh, I didn't have to. I was going to say what you're doing is a cool way to shift people's own way of thinking about, like, just re- relationship, not just to the clothes on their body, but to, like, the way that we show who we are ourselves and each other love. That's a beautiful thing. We're, we have to get out of here soon. I have a oh, wow. light to catch. We've been, I feel like... Oh, man, I feel like we... Oh, I, I feel like we just, just got here. We just... The surface. We haven't even talked about the fact that Regime you're like red know books. everything about post about um authoritarian regimes. Oh yeah, North truly. Korea and Amish. Uh, Mormons more, more, more Mormons more than the Mormons Amish, but the North Korea certainly. What are like two to three facts that we should know about each authoritarian regime slash North Korea and the Amish or the Mormon? Uh, well, I would have to like brush up on the Korea thing because so many things have happened since, <laughs> yeah. like in the last couple months. Yeah. Like the last podcast I was on, I was like, "Nah, we're straight." Like X Y Z about the regime will keep you know yeah. X Y Z from happening wasn't true. So now I need to like, oof. Um, but but the thing I find the most interesting. We're gonna put you on another. We gotta book you on another podcast. <laughs> Truly, I'll talk to you about. I mean, and communism and China, all the stuff. I'll tell you about all of it. Um, the most interesting thing about the Mormon religion, though, I think. Is it so interesting to me because it, because it is the most American religion? Mm-hmm. It's the only religion that where things really start in the U.S. and I feel like that's why people are drawn to it. Both like tradition and in the theology itself. And it started as a political party. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Which think about it, think about you on that for a second. I know. Well, they were they were just well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you ever needed if you ever needed any reason to dispel the Mormons' beliefs, started as a political party. There you go. And also they were also like, they wear long underwear. Always, always. I like to the. I have to question you on this because I've met a Mormon in shorts. You met a Mormon in well, it probably no. wasn't like a like a super orthodox or practicing or whatever. So this is an important uh, distinction anecdote that I think we should get out there. Uh, so almost exactly three years ago, I was on a road. It was on the third of July. I was on a road trip through the Western United States for our college after I graduated, doing these interviews. And I stayed with a uh, a man in Rexburg, Idaho, which is a Mormon community. He was 35. He had seven kids and an eighth on the way mm. by that point. Um, and we sat down to dinner. I was with my cousin Noah. Shout out to Noah. Shout out. Shout we out, cousin had, Noah. We had tickets to a minor league baseball game in the town over. And so I was like, okay, we're sitting down to dinner. We have to be polite and, like, of course, have dinner and, you know, be friendly and, you know, hosp- yeah. their hospitality. They open their home to us. We stayed there with them. And I was like, but I really, really want to get to this game. So we're sitting down. They had put out, like, six gallons of milk and all the <laughs> drinking and we were having lasagna so it was like all the cheese and the mug it was disgusting <laughs> but we're like sitting there it was like an awkward lull in the conversation I'm like watching the clock so that we don't miss the game my cousin goes 
So tell me about your faith. <laughs> no. That's like the one thing you need to know about traveling through America. Don't ask people their politics or religion. You'll be straight. And then, like, especially if you have somewhere to be. <laughs> especially if we're talking about Mormons. And, like, <laughs> and then also, like, the seven kids had to, like, sit there and listen to their dad, like, explain. It was... We, we only got there by the third inning. <laughs> it was really devastating. Oh, I, got a, I got a crazy fact for you about North Korea. What do you got? What do you got? Um, they have 250,000 of their own people incarcerated. Their own people incarcerated in concentration camps. One of their concentration camps, I believe it's number nine. The whole premise is that you go into this mine. If you are able to bring them something, you get to trade it for food. If not, you're just down there. Mm. Right? Pretty serious stuff over there. I was about to say, the numbers sounded very American, but that practice sounded like the hole that Bane had to like escape from. Yeah, it's some, it's some really, it's some really crazy shout stuff. Shout out Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> True. Probably anti probably. shout out to the last dark, to the last dark man. Anti shout out North Korea and their and their yeah. uh, hum, you know. If there's one thing you take from this, make living art. <laughs> shut down North Korea. <laughs> but uh, um, the last ooh. thing before we go, are we gonna start calling anti shout out shout ins? Shout ins. Nah. That sounds like shut ins, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> shop, man. All right, all right. But, but spe- speaking can't... of anti shout outs, thinking yeah, of holding tyrannical. Communities. <laughs> so we have this. You about to talk about Maryland? No, no. Sorry, no, 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 but uh, we we had a we the cornerstone of the show. <laughs> it is it is about accountability, and mm-hmm. we, you know we go all over, we have fun, but we have to end on a serious note. Okay. Because the people need it. Okay. Um, and so you know, there's a, there's a sect of the world that, that we like to say is run amok. Which one? R and B so every <clears throat> we, we we try to have our guests start beef with an R and B singer. I got it already. Era. It can't be our well. R Kelly's already retired. and Chris Brown's already. Retired. No, I yeah. I mean th- those are way too yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who do you got? Miguel thinks that he's Bonnie Raitt, and I'm not with it. <laughs> Fringe ain't yours, Miguel. I'm not having it. I think the Miguel is a new one. I like he it. had a he had this massive fan on stage, and it was just the fringe and his jacket was blowing, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. and women were screaming, and I was like, he is not a Beatle. <laughs> yeah. I was so pressed. He's too if I hadn't been with three other people, I would have left that show. Wow, <laughs> I was wow. so mad about he's how... He's just kaleidoscope dreaming. Yeah, he's, he is. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, thought, he thinks he's Prince. I'm not with it. That was my beef. What a fantastic <laughs> answer. Oh, you were right to it. Why were you so... You were ready. Did this happen recently? Well, no. <laughs> no, it didn't struggle. even. Well, like, I, I don't... in your soul. I don't have... That's what singers do. I, well, I don't have a lot of, like, Quality if I sound. don't like your music, I'm not going to go see you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I like right. a lot of music. I like most people. I find good things. I th- find things to like about most people. Mm-hmm. Life is just easier that way. Shout out. I could not find a thing to like about Miguel. Mm-hmm. He looked like he showered in butter before he got on stage <laughs> yeah. and was just like, oh, you know. Some, some, some it's like you, That's why this game exists. It's like you could pull off the sexy. Like, you could do it, but, but you're doing it. it too much, bro. Too much. Like Scale it back. You're way what? too... He wore, like, way in. too much axe when he was a teenager. Yeah. Like, you feel <laughs> no, me? You did. You Gross. Did. Sorry. Great answer. Shaved his life. First of all, I think you stomach. need your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we should make that I could talk the hind leg off a donkey, I swear. And I'll come. Stitch guy pocket? Stitch pod? The Stitch pod? We'll work Ooh. on it. Oh, we can work on we're, it. We're, we're like trying some puns here. Yeah. On the just fly. let me, just let me nardwar all the rappers I like. <laughs> <Yeah>. Chicago's <laughs> crosses nardwar. That was dope. Thank you so much of for being here. Where can people time. find you? Are there things you want to be plugged? Or Ooh. want people to know or retweet or well, whatever? 
I can't believe we didn't talk about any of this. I'm working on a, uh, I do all my stuff. Oh, you're working on a mixtape. I'm working on a mixtape. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Well, no, I, I'm not. I'm yeah, not sure on a mixtape. I don't. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm opening for Starlito. That's not a thing. Um, uh, no, I'm trading in all of this stuff. I'm, I, I've made all this stuff for people. I'm trading in a lot of it. Uh, we're putting together this album. We've been working on it for probably like six months so far. Um, a lot of producers, uh, a lot of vocalists, musicians. It's going to be really great. I don't rap. I don't sing. You don't have to worry. I'm like not on this thing. And just like, um, are you? I'm, well, I'm, I'm no, but I mean, kind of. Are you DJ drama hosting it? Yeah. Well, I'm not even like hosting it. You Oreo's, should do that. Oreo's hosting it for oh, me. You feel me? All right, all right, yeah. Right. That's way more fun. But yeah, um, Oreo. Shout out. I love yeah. Oreo. He's yeah. like my favorite. But so I'm you doing. Listen to that episode. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> I so that's happening. That's coming. We're we're thinking uh, probably. Next spring, it sounds really, really cool so far. Yeah. Um, they can you can you find put me. your drop in there? Uh, maybe, yeah, you know, this, maybe. This, just this, like this, the very, very you know how on uh, for uh, Forest Hill Drive, he has that like J Cole has that like sixteen minute outro. I'll just put myself at the very end of the sixteen minutes, <laughs> like the real. It's like a Marvel movie, you know. Um, <laughs> Hi guys. Just a- after the credits, I'll be like, "Hello, um, it's me." Stitch God. Uh, no, so I have, uh, you can find me online at stitchgod.com. My website's new. DJ Oreo is like the, the front page of it, which is funny. Um, uh, Instagram, my it's my whole last name. It's Emma M.L. McKee. Yes. Emma Mary Louise McKee. For anybody that was wondering what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my Gmail, you know? <laughs> um, awesome. um, you get me at my, email. now you have my Gmail. Uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Instagram is the best place to find me. Um, <laughs> it, I get some crazy stuff, you guys, in that email. Um, it's your website, email. Don't uh, come up to her and ask her to make you a piece. No, I mean, you can. Or you. But we'll see. <laughs> I had this guy, sorry, I had this guy reach out to me and he was like, I literally would I'd do anything except sell my soul to work with you. And I was like, you know what? That's nice. No one's ever said anything like that. I was like, bro, send me your artwork. I'll see. He sent me the artwork. I'm like, I like guy. That was nice. I probably won't make it. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dude. Shout out to Dude. He's probably one of my, like, four really big fans, so he'll probably listen to this. Yeah, so shout out you, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Let's, hope, let's make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for of being here. Of course, guys. Here. And uh, thanks for listening. Those, like... Emma McKee stands. The, the core, the I core. Know you made it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 busy googling Emma McKee North Korea podcast <laughs> to see what that looks oh, no, like. They already know. Yeah. They've heard it. I need more McKee <laughs> in my headphones. That's, the nice, that's about the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you. We'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace. Bye. <laughs>